and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome back to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. This is episode two of season seven. Uh, We have entitled this season Burning Yet Flourishing, part two. And we are going to be discussing the spiritual disciplines throughout the course of this season. So today's focus is on the ordinary means of grace. Yes. That's where we're landing. The ordinary life. The ordinary life. And the ordinary Um, means of grace. yeah. Yeah. So Ron... Maybe we should start out by having you tell us what you mean by ordinary. Yes, that's probably a good place to start. Um, if you recall last episode, we, which was a fantastic episode, by the way. It was. If you missed it, you should go back and listen to it again or listen to it. Yeah, listen to it again if you've heard it one more time. But I, um, we talked about at, towards the end that what we're speaking about is wonderful this this grace that's been given to us um in jesus the this um repentance unto life even and and then um i gave the bad news and that is the life that um, we're talking about and the means to this life we're talking about which is wonderful is is ordinary right and um and and uh, the the hope would be that you would stick with us because it's still great news. Yes. So what do I mean by ordinary? So if you look at a dictionary, there's usually kind of two main definitions. One is that it has to do with um, quality, right? Something that's ordinary is of common quality or rank or ability. Like, you know, an ordinary teenager's, I think my dictionary had said, or deficiency in quality. Like something ordinary is like plain. The 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 example they gave was like ordinary wine. Mm. Like, you know, just and I think when box wine. Yes. And so I think when I when we talk about when I say an ordinary life or the ordinary means of, of grace, sometimes I think that's where our minds are going. Right. But the other definition is just simply this a kind of a kind to be expected in the normal order of events. Um, like a like routine or usual. Yeah. In other words, an ordinary day, right? This is right when the sun rises tomorrow and we get out of bed. That's ordinary. Yep. We we expect it. So it's yep. not talking about quality. It's talking about this expected mm-hmm. norm. Yep. Okay. So there is an expected norm of life, and there's an expected norm of grace. Right. Hmm. So, um, 
So I, I put it at ordinary life would mean that the kind of life expected in the normal order of events. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, there's, but there's two, two things that we have to keep in mind. One is under the fall, there's a kind of an ordinary life that we have, and it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's, this is the part that we want to talk about ordinary life in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's an entirely other thing. And so we want to be able to, to distinguish that. Mm-hmm. So ordinary life under the fall tends to lead to sin, rebellion, yeah. anxiety, messiness, messiness, um, greed, your desires being a bit out of control, or you, you've worked so hard to keep them under control, then life is miserable unpleasant yeah yeah unpleasant mm-hmm. um and and so the ordinary life in this fallen world um when we think of it that way we would typically think of it in that quality deficiency and quality mm-hmm. and so the pursuit of a better life would be one that's where you have more money or you have more pleasure or you have more yeah more of something yep and so this can this can be a big mistake because we have preachers who preach a gospel that says, "No, your life will be extraordinary," mm-hmm. and um, and it's like, in other words, there's the results of the fall on in people's lives, and what they're promising is a sense that God is somehow going to miraculously give you more money, give you more pleasure, give you better health, give you Right. Yeah. And in, in other words, it is um, it it's it's looking at the fallen world and expecting then the opposite of the fall in terms of pleasure, power, money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. These things that can that help you escape the pain, the you know, the boredom, the yeah. Difficulties of suffering in the fallen world. Mm-hmm. And that's a false gospel. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a, it's a false gospel. So the question then would be, um, what would, uh, what would ordinary life in the kingdom be like? So, mm-hmm. so what would be the expected life in the kingdom? Yeah. And, and that is in, in essence is looking at what life would be like if there had been no fall. Mm-hmm. And, and even greater than that, what would life be like if there were no fall and the Holy Spirit of God dwelt within you? Yeah. In other words, I, I don't think people understand this, is that pre-fall, though there was moral perfection or moral goodness, there was no sin, mm-hmm. um, Adam and Eve did not have the Holy Spirit reside within them. Right. Because they were communing physically with God. Yes. They didn't need the spirit indwelling them. Is yes. that am I thinking about that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But but our state of this the Holy Spirit dwelling in us and this communion we have or union with Christ is greater. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it And it, now that's we know that because Jesus said that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The and and so we um we would think then the the ordinary in life the kingdom is this is that 
our lives would be congruent with reality. That is that it true, right? Yeah. So, so there's a, a knowledge of how life is and ought to be. And we're living accordance with that, that our lives are fulfilling its God ordained purpose. In other words, that it's good. We're pursuing truth and goodness. And because of these two things, our lives then display the glory of God that's been intended for us, which is another way of saying beauty. Yep. So, so, uh, so an ordinary life in the kingdom is one that is in pursuit of and, and abiding in truth and goodness and beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so this is, this is the promise. Like this is, um, even though we're talking in ordinary life, and in ordinary means of grace is what is going to lead us to that. Yeah. Um, it's a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. So here's the other part about ordinary I want to get to. The Bible doesn't say then that a Christian, so one who dwells in the kingdom of God, who pursues these truth, but goodness and beauty are somehow different in that we don't pursue vocations don't right right it's 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 still in this world it's the way in which we pursue those things correct right right so in a um i i used to have this conversation with someone about um you know if jesus were to come back today Mm -hmm. like he comes back today and uh let's suppose this was a a premillennialist um so in his view Jesus would come back and that he would physically be the king of the planet on, on earth and light, you know. And so my question to him was, um, so if Jesus came back today, I'm still pulling out my garbage to the curb on Monday and someone's going to pick it up. Right. And he, he was like, what? Like, and he, and he had to go through the, like, so, in other words, in the kingdom, like even if, let's suppose that happened, Jesus comes back and we're yeah. transformed and he's ruling on the earth and, you know, babies are being born. And according to the premillennial viewpoint, um, people still be making garbage. I, I won't be able to fly. Mm-hmm. So I'd get in my car and drive someone. I still need to buy gas at the gas station, right? There's mm-hmm. still, in other words, you can imagine then in the kingdom, there's still ordinary vocations taking place. Correct. The only difference is the f- the fallenness part is gone, or the at, at least the um, uh, amongst those who are saved and brought of that kingdom. Um, and so, so think about it in th- in that way. That um, the you know I'm still going to be a dad in the kingdom. I I still might have to change diapers. Mm-hmm. I I still. I still have to get up in the morning and go work. I, I, I still might, uh, you know, have problems and stresses and difficult. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not that these things aren't part of life. They, they are the, the issue. If you remember we, when, when we talked about this, I think in season one, when we looked at the result of the fall and the increase of pain, right. Mm-hmm. Pain and childbearing pain in the, um, all life-giving and sustaining activities, that pain had to do with anxiety, right? So in the perfect world, it's still going to hurt delivering a baby, mm-hmm. right? Before the fall, it would still hurt because 
pain in itself is not evil. Physical pain. Physical pain. It's yeah. this increase of pain that had to do with anxiousness. Like, um, I'm going to deliver a baby, but I don't know if the baby's going to survive. Mm. And I don't know if I'm going to survive. That can bring some anxiety. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm going to plant these seeds. I don't know if they're going to come up. And if they do come up, I don't know if the weeds are going to choke them out or not. Yeah. Or or the birds are going to get them or, they're, or there's going to be a hailstorm or a, right? Yeah. In other words, I'm going to do this work, but I'm uncertain of what's going to happen. The outcome. And yeah. that's anxiousness. And that's the pain and the labor that happens because of the weeds and the, the difficulties, the, the sin. So in a, in, um, if there were no sin in the world, we'd still be planting seeds. We'd still be having children. We'd still be mm-hmm. doing work. The, the big difference is we know that the outcome is, right. is good. Is is established. There's, sure. there's there's not unproductive work. There's not um, cursed things. It's all blessed. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's a woman named Rachel Yankovic. Yeah. Um, who says a lot of really helpful things. But one of the things that she said in the last I don't know year or so was you know when God calls people to be fruitful and multiply. She was specifically speaking to mothers. She said fruit and a large harvest is very heavy but it's good, yeah. right? And that's kind of what you're getting at. Yeah. Like fruitfulness is requires hard work, but yeah. the hard work in and of itself isn't what's bad. Yeah. And hard work was not part of the curse. Correct. Right, that was pre-fall. It was the, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Th- this is why it's helpful to kind of use English terms of labor versus work. Uh-huh, right? yep. Work is good, labor not so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not so much, right? Yeah. Um, as a way to help keep a distinct, distinctive things in our head. Yep. Um, so, all right. So, so in the kingdom of God, in this being saved by Christ and his work on the cross, Mm -hmm. as it's been applied to me in my life and to you in your life, it, it doesn't mean that somehow we are now exempted from ordinary life mm-hmm. and and now we're just climbing mountains and uh, i don't know spinning around and yeah you know. we're just sitting in our closets praying and right not no it's it's still it's still this participation and in, in good and ordinary vocations and and we're still getting married and raising families and we're still being neighbors and Mm-hmm. still having to do things it's just that there's there's this difference in which we can live according to reality that is pursue truth um to to fulfill our purposes being good and um and display god's glory in our lives mm-hmm. this this beauty yep. so um so this leads us to this big question yeah so how then do we live an ordinary life in God's kingdom while we're still living in a fallen world as unsanctified souls? Yes, that's a good question. So we have this, um, we talked about last episode, this, this idea of being justified by God means that we have a righteousness that's been imputed to us, that is credited to us. Mm-hmm. So we're saved justified by that what christ did for us 
solely, solely by grace, received only by faith, not by anything we've done at all. Um, but then we talked about sanctification, this idea of becoming actually holy, mm-hmm. actually righteous. And so, um, so this is where the rubber is hitting the road. We, we have this identity, um, and it's true that we're a child of God. We've been saved, justified by his grace. And um, his, his grace has continued to work in us, mm-hmm. to sanctify us, right? And, um, and so the question then is, is then how, how is this working in this world when I'm not completely sanctified and the world is still the same? Right. Yeah. Right? Yep. So the answer is the ordinary means of grace. Yeah. Yes. And so... Um, so we're going to look at what that means through the catechism, Westminster Shorter Catechism. We're going to look at questions 88, 89, and 90. Um, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go beyond that in a little bit. But let, let's start with this, this idea. Um, let's read question 88. Oh, no, I'll read it. That's yes. how we do it. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, Allison, here, here we go. Question 88. What are the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption? The outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of redemption are his ordinances, especially the word, sacraments, and prayer, all which are made effectual to the elect for salvation. All right. So let's stop there for just a second. So the the question that's being asked in this catechism is, Maybe just a little bit different from where we're at, but it's it's going to help us get there. Mm-hmm. So the ordinary, the outward and ordinary means whereby Christ communicates to us the benefits of his redemption. In other words, how we're going to be sanctified, how our lives are going to be conformed to the image of his son mm-hmm. so that we can live according to the truth. We can live according to the purposes God intends for us and display this glory. The way it's going to happen is by Christ communicating his benefits to us, and that's through his, um, the ordinary means of grace. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ordinary. In other words, the normal way. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's not, um, and, and this is where it's, I, I think, sometimes difficult for us to grasp. What is being offered to us, this normal or ordinary means of, of his grace, of his mercy, of his, of how he's going to change us, um, it is not something weird or beyond our experience or some sort of secret. Right. right? It's not flashy. It's not flashy. It's, it's not, you know, if you go to Mecca and walk around the, you know, the, mm-hmm. what's that called again? The, I don't a bunch of times. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's not um, studying the mysteries of some esoteric book mm-hmm. and chanting. Right. It's, it's not saying 20 rosaries. Mm-hmm. It's not, right? It, yeah. It's these three things, which are the ordinary means of grace. God, in other words, God is going to um, work out his salvation in our lives 
through these three things primarily, mm-hmm. especially, normally, ordinarily, mm-hmm. the word, sacraments, and prayer. Um, yep. Really weird there, huh? The word, sacraments, prayer. And and that's that's it. These are made effectual for the elect for salvation. Mm-hmm. They they do something. Mm-hmm. Right. So we just have to avail ourselves to these things, to his word, to the sacraments and to prayer. Okay. So let's go to question 89. Question is, how is the word made effectual to salvation? The spirit of God makes the reading, but especially the preaching of the word an effectual means of convincing and converting sinners and of building them up in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. Yes. So the Spirit of God makes the reading and especially the preaching of the Word effectual. Um, in other words, in, in reading and hearing His Word proclaimed, it has, His Word has an effect on us. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if you don't think God's Word can do anything, then you should probably read His Word. Yeah. Try it out and see. <laughs> so if creating the whole world was done through his word, mm-hmm. right? And God said, let there be light. And there was light, right? Yep. Remember that in Genesis? Yep. If his word is what can create the world, it's also the same thing that can recreate the world. Uh-huh. And so by, by reading his word, by hearing his word, by hearing the preaching of his word, um, this, is, this is convincing and converting us. Mm-hmm. It's changing us in the, in the listing. Um, it builds us up in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. Holiness and comfort. Um, what, do you, what do you suppose that means, holiness and comfort? I mean, I think it makes us more Christ-like, and there is a level of comfort um, that you gain by knowing Christ. Yeah. And, and, and here's, I think, where comfort has kind of changed mm-hmm. a bit. So it, it, if you, it, and I... I'm going to talk against this in a little bit, but I, it's helpful to look at words, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, comfort comes from uh, Latin, two Latin roots of, of calm and, and fortis, fortis meaning strength. And uh, the, 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 the calm part is, uh, has to do with or together. There's this idea of um, the building up in holiness and comfort, comfort meaning to be kind of be strengthened Mm. right so it's it's this um it's this sense of well-being because of of being strengthened through it Mm -hmm. right yeah so um you know today i think we think of comfort as just the um of of just ease right luxury luxury yeah or um or something someone's empathizing or sympathizing with you and you're you're feeling better mm-hmm. but but this has more to do with um you know someone who's lost strength because of fear or because of injury or sickness mm-hmm. um to be comforted means that they're built up they're built up they're is it some it does it have a sense of security too or no Yes. Because it seems that way as you describe it. Yes. Uh, security in Christ. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's building up this holiness is this idea of sanctification again and, and comfort 
through faith unto salvation. No, mm-hmm. it is it is by the word of God this is happening. Yeah. Okay. So, 90, question 90. How is the word to be read and heard that it may become effectual to salvation? Now, this is an important question, right? Because yeah. we hear this question 89, and it's like the spirit of God makes the reading and the, especially the preaching of the word. This is what's doing it. And you're kind of going, that's yeah, it. that's it. Or, but like I've, I've read scripture before. I've, I've sat under preaching or mm-hmm. whatever, and hasn't been doing a lot of things for my cousin, you know, or right. You know, look at them, you know, what's going on. All right. So here we go. Okay. So here's the answer. That the word may become effectual to salvation, we must attend un- thereunto with diligence, preparation, and prayer. Receive it with faith and love. Lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives. Excellent. So. Um, That's comprehensive. It, it is. Yeah. It is very comprehensive. And, and um, we're going to, um, in the next episode we're going to talk about this idea of spiritual disciplines and what they are and how and how this fits fits in mm-hmm. so um there's probably some questions on this like catechism like part like it it is uh there's um we must attend unto that with diligence preparation and prayer to receive it with faith and love and lay it up in our hearts and practice it in our lives and because the, the question is, is the, okay, 90 just says, how is the word to be read and heard that it might become effectual? And you read it and then you go, well, then how do you do that? Mm-hmm. At least that's, that's where my head goes. Yep. Right. Right. Well, this sounds good, but how do we. Break it down for me. Break it down. Like, yeah. how do I attend with diligence? How do I prepare? How do, what does this mean? Prayer. And how does I, how do I receive it with faith and love. How did love get in there? Like, right. right. There's all these questions that come up yep. and the catechism moves on, which is why I thought, well, we should probably have another episode. Yeah. But so this, but this is, this is one of the means of grace is the word. And what we see here is at least from our catechism. And I think that, that this is a very clear expression of what God's word is saying is that the, the God, that the word of God, right, is the thing that's going to work in us yeah. and and do us. This is why Paul says, like, why it's so important that people have a preacher, right? Because how would because that salvation comes through through a preacher, and how are they going to hear unless right. someone sent, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's why uh, Paul says to Timothy to be diligent in in the public reading of Scripture, mm-hmm. right? Because in in his day, a lot of people were they couldn't read. Correct. And there, there's not a lot of Bibles that are sitting there, mm-hmm. right? So one of the jobs as an elder was, uh, a pastor was to the pub, devote themselves to the public reading of scripture. Why? Because it's the God's word that's doing the converting. Mm-hmm. It's hearing his word. And, it, and it's just so important. Um, but again, we all probably have experiences where we can say, well, I've, I've heard all sorts of sermons. Mm-hmm. And and it's done nothing. Where I've, I know people have they've read the Bible and there's nothing. Right. And so the question is, well, what what should we do? What is it? How is it to be done? And then the, that becomes the way that that's done is what we call spiritual discipline. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Just to give it away. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it means to have, that's what spiritual disciplines are going to be talked about. Yeah. Um, but I want to go to the next one. Yeah. Question 91. How do the sacraments become effectual means of salvation? The sacraments become effectual means of salvation, not from any virtue in them or in him that doth administer them, but only by the blessing of Christ and the working of his spirit in them that by faith receive them. Okay. So sacraments become that effectual means, and it's not because, um, so there's this Latin phrase, ex operare operate, which means um, the idea of just by, by the virtue of it being done, mm-hmm. that somehow, you know, if I show up to a church and someone baptizes me, um, just because it's done, then it's, it worked and I'm saved yeah. or I, I, I want the benefits of Christ and I, I just walk into a church and go up front and take communion and then I leave. And then, you know, because of this magic done ex operare operate, it's, it's not, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the virtue in itself or even in the one that administers them. So this was another question. This is the Donatist controversy. So there was, um, a, uh, when there was persecution of the church back in the uh, time of uh, Domitian, I think it was, there were, um, there were some of the, the pastors were in order to save their own skin and their congregations would give over their scriptures and their holy books and they all burnt. And, um, but then the Donatists, they did not. They suffered persecution. They were killed, martyred because they weren't going to give it up, up the Holy Book. They were going to, they would rather perish as martyrs than to do it. And then after the persecution was ended, everyone was trying to pretend like everything's fine. And the Donatists were like going, no, you, what you guys did in giving up these things to save yourself was wrong. And you, you, you betrayed Christ and your baptisms and your ordinations and your sacraments, they're not valid. And the church was like, oh, let's, can we got to talk about this? And uh, Augustine was the one who kind of led the charge and, and wrote against the Donatist. And basically was saying, look, it, it, a, a sacrament works not because of the person, Mm. right? Administering. Administering it. Uh It's because the word of God is given in the sacrament, Mm -hmm. right? And the word of God is the thing that's effectual, Mm -hmm. right? So it, it, it matters not, it, it's, it's not within it, the, the element, whether it's the water and baptism or the bread and wine and, and the Lord's supper that makes the sacrament sacramental or effective mm-hmm. nor is it the person that does it the the whether he's uh you know strong in their faith or not mm-hmm. it has to do with it being rightly administered and that the receiver receives it by faith mm-hmm. okay so um so this is what the the catechism is kind of talking about here um not having any virtue in them or in the in the one that administers them but it's only by the blessing of Christ and the working of the spirit in them that by faith receive them. Mm-hmm. So it's a working of the spirit and it's received by faith mm-hmm. and, and that's, and that's it. So 
What is a sacrament? That's question 92. Yeah, a sacrament is a holy ordinance instituted by Christ, wherein by sensible signs, Christ and the benefits of the new covenant are represented, sealed, and applied to believers. Yes. Um, by sensible signs, the benefits are sealed are sealed and applied to believers. It's, and it's a wonderful thing. And if, if we look further into the catechism, into the larger catechism, it, it reminds us that um, uh, it, it's, and it happens not even by the timing of the baptism or the sacrament. In mm-hmm. other words, um, the, you know, when we baptize an infant, it, it doesn't mean that that baby is necessarily saved. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they come to faith in Christ, it, it, because that, that seal and, and the benefits were applied, that faith is a result of it, even though it happens many years later. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is God at work and his working. Mm-hmm. And so the timing of things. They, they, are up to him. They're up to him and they're not, they're not the way we would want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, uh, we're sealed and it, and his benefits are sealed upon us and applied to us. And, uh, and it's great. And, uh, what are the sacraments of the new Testament? The sacraments of the new Testament are baptism and the Lord's supper. Yes. So in, in, uh, Protestantism and, and, and pretty much every Protestant denomination, um, there, there was, well, what is a sacraments is this mean of means of grace. And we, re, we reserve the term sacrament for those sacraments that were ordinary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, and, and that are for every believer. Mm-hmm. So every believer needs to be baptized. Every believer receives the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Catholic church had seven and not all of them are necessary for salvation. Right. And, and in my personal opinion, this is, I might rattle some cages here, Allison. In my personal opinion, um, I don't care. Like as a reformed Christian denomination, the PCA has ordination. We just don't call it a sacrament. Mm-hmm. is we don't think that there's a, a seal or a, a somehow a, a, um, a, a grace of benefit given at ordination or at marriage or at confirmation or at uh, last rites or in confession, mm-hmm. right? What, what is, um, we, we see that the, the idea of, of, kind of grace, which is salvific, are, are only given in these two things. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you can say that maybe ordination is a type of grace. Yeah. A, yeah. Right? All of those are. In some All those things are. Yeah. Are types, but none of them have to do with our salvation. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't call them sacraments. We might call them sacramental. Yeah. I have a question for you. Uh-oh. Truth be told, this is, this is, uh... This topic is hard for me. I think because I grew up not in a church where we didn't really talk about these things, you know, yeah. using this language. So it feels a little 
mysterious. I don't know if that's the right word. But, yes. Okay. So when you talk about a sacrament being salvific, yes, you are not saying that you are you need them in order to be saved. No. Can you explain what you mean by that language? Yes. Okay. They're the ordinary means of salvation. Mm-hmm. So they're salvific. So uh, think of the thief on the cross. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was not baptized. Correct. He did was, not and did not receive the Lord's Supper. And he never received the Lord's Supper. Right. And he went to heaven yes. with Jesus that day. Yes. We would call that extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Right. Extraordinary. Yes. It's not. It's not ordinary. Mm-hmm. The ordinary means of grace are these things. Mm-hmm. And these are the things by which God has ordained to bring salvation. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, by virtue of being baptized does it not mean that an individual is saved. Correct. Right. Yeah. But the benefits have been applied to them mm-hmm. and they, we, they were received by faith. Mm-hmm. If, if they never have faith, they've never come to faith then they, they weren't, uh, then they weren't received. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. Um, the Baptists, okay, so we're Reformed, uh, we're Presbyterians. Baptists want to withhold baptism until after mm-hmm. faith. Correct. As a way of sealing as a sealing sacrament that that kind of approves like, hey, we this this person is saved. They've got a great testimony. We're going to seal that mm-hmm. with baptism. And often they'll not talk about it as a sacrament. They'll talk about it as an ordinance. Mm-hmm. Like God commands us to do it, so we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. It really doesn't do anything, mm-hmm. right? It's just a symbol or a sign. Yeah. But what we understand is, is that God is working through the his word in the water by his spirit mm-hmm. and that grace given at baptism is going to work its way out mm-hmm. and so for the elect that those benefits given at baptism um, are drawing him to Christ mm-hmm. and then when they come to faith in Jesus Christ it it shows that God has been faithful mm-hmm. yeah and our faith, through all of this is still in Christ. Yes. Not in the sacraments. Correct. Yeah. Yes, faith in Christ. And that faith is God given as well. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And um and so this is so I I guess I what I'd say the big difference between say um the 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 Presbyterians stand on the side of the Baptists by saying these are the th- these things don't save you, mm-hmm. but then we step away from the Baptists on the side of the Lutherans and the Catholics and everything, and saying that this really is a grace and God is doing something through them, and that there's a reality that's been applied, and and this is a benefit to our children, mm-hmm. right? That are that that leads to salvation right so right so it's mm-hmm. kind of it's kind of weird yeah um and then the lord's supper it's the same thing i i think when we we hear the word memorial like i'm going to separate us from the baptists here okay 
So with the Baptists, we believe that the Lord's Supper um, is, um, it's, it's not something magical where the, um, we're eating the body and blood of Jesus physically mm-hmm. or that it's, a, it's really about um, his presence in the elements. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we stand against the Baptists in saying that, um, but we do consume his body and his blood. It's spiritually, right, mm-hmm. by faith, and that there's a there's communion that happens through this, and it's a it it's in in the eating and drinking of it, um, God is doing something through it. Yeah. Right. Um, with the Baptists and against them, some Baptists. Okay, this, maybe I'll skip this on this last part. There's this other part about memorial and what that means, mm-hmm. right? So when he says, do this in remembrance of me, he says, a better way of saying it is, do this as a memorial, okay? So in in our American 21st century minds, when we think of a memorial, we think typically of simply recalling an event. Mm-hmm. So I remember as a kid, growing up in a memorialist kind of church where you would, um, you know, that you would try to remember Christ's death. Right. Like that, that was the act that this is helping me to recall this event of his death yeah. for my sake. Yep. Which in and of itself is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Like don't, don't make me, don't, I hope I don't make this sound like it's nothing. It's, it is something and it's good. It's yeah. good to remember that. Yep. But, a memorial has to do with participating. By the act of participating in the meal, you're participating in the Last Supper. You're participating mm-hmm. in all the suppers. You're you're participating in the supper to come. Mm-hmm. It's this idea of participation in the event, and and that's that's that idea of I'm I'm actually sitting at table, even if I'm standing and eating it. Mm-hmm. Um, with with Christ in his in his kingdom. Mm-hmm. So there's this. Um, we're transported. Uh, Calvin talked about it as it's not heaven coming to earth; it's us going to heaven, to heaven mm-hmm. in a sense in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, this concept of memorial is um, is a very strong one in the early church. Um, in many of the teachings and somehow we, we got kind of got into the enlightenment and that sounds a little too mystical, magical. Yeah. And now it's been reduced to our drumming up, conjuring in our own head pictures of Christ's death on the cross. Yeah. And that's not what the Bible's teaching. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. It does make sense. So, so we are saying that the word of God is active and living. Mm-hmm. It, it's right. It, yep. it works. It does things to us. Mm-hmm. And that word of God read, the word of God proclaimed, does it? The word of God that is pronounced in the elements of water, bread, and wine, it does something. Yep. And these benefits are all to help us. Um, become who we ought to be. Yeah. Living as citizens of the kingdom of God. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
to to have an ordinary life within the God's kingdom, even though we still live in a fallen world. Yep. So that's what we mean by ordinary life and and ordinary means of grace. There's one other means of grace that we didn't talk about today, and that's prayer. And I and I intentionally decided for the sake of time, not even to talk about it, because we're going to have a whole two episodes later in the season on prayer. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a, it's a biggie. Big one. All right. I think we're going to leave it there. Yeah. Stick with us. Stick with us. You have more to talk about. 